Shalom, Alekum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, welcome to t- this week's Torah portion study. Uh, before we dig into what all this is about this week and start our reading, I just want to say uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, there is a bonus video, kind of like a behind the scenes of the of me talking about how I prepare for the Torah portion study each week up at the Patreon page. So make sure you go and check that out. Um, it's something I might start doing on a monthly basis. Also, if you're someone who supports the podcast through PayPal, feel free to send me an email or a message through the Facebook page, and I will give you the link to that video as well. This week's portion is called Lech Lecha, and it's Genesis chapter 12 through Genesis chapter 17. Here's the portion summary from TorPortions.org. The third reading from the book of Genesis is named Lech Lecha. It means, go forth. The first verse says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth, Lech Lecha, from your country. This section, Lech Lecha introduces Abraham and tells the story of his pilgrimage in pursuit of God. So the outline of what we're going to be covering today is you have the call of Abraham. You have Abram and Sarai go to Egypt, which by the way, a couple weeks ago, uh, we read about that whole scenario, not only from the Bible, but from the Dead Sea Scrolls and from uh, the book of Jasher. So if you haven't checked that out, you might go listen to that. It's going to fill in all kinds of crazy gaps about what took place with this whole scenario of uh, Abram and Sarah going into Egypt and Pharaoh taking Sarah away from Abram. Like There's some incredible details that we talked about in those uh, in that study. Uh, it also We also are going to uh, see the story of Abram and Lot separating. We have Lot's captivity. And then this incredible rescue that takes place. Uh, Abram is blessed by Melchizedek, a very mysterious figure in the Bible. And then we have God's covenant with Abram, the birth of Ishmael, and the sign of the covenant. And so that's what will be covered in this morning's Study. We're actually going to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures this morning and switch things up a little bit. And uh, so anyway, I pray that you are blessed by this and that the Word would speak to you and pierce your hearts and give you a great hunger for God. So without further delay, let's dig in to this week's study. Starting with Genesis chapter 12, Hallelujah Scriptures. Verse 1. And Jehovah said to Abram, Go yourself out of your land, from your relatives and from your father's house, to a land which I show you. And I shall make you a great nation, and bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a barakah, which is to say blessing. And I shall bless those who bless you, and curse him who curses you. And in you all the clans of the earth shall be blessed. 
So Abram left as Jehovah had commanded him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the beings whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed for the land of Canaan. And they came to the land of Canaan. And Abram passed through the land of a place of Shechem, as far as the Terebinth tree of Moreh. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. And Jehovah appeared to Abram and said, To your seed I give this land. And he built there an altar to Jehovah, to Jehovah who had appeared to him. And from there he moved to the mountain of East Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And he built there an altar to Jehovah and called on the name of Jehovah. And Abram departed, continuing toward Negeb. And a scarcity of food came to be in the land. And Abram went down to Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, to dwell there, for the, sake, for the scarcity of food was severe in the land. And it came to be, when he was close to entering Mitzrayim, that he said to Sarai his wife, See, I know that you are a lovely woman to look at. And it shall be when the Mistrites, that is to say the Egyptians, see you, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they shall kill me, but let you live. Please say you are my sister, so that it should be well with me for your sake, and my life be spared because of you. And it came to be when Abram came to Mitzrayim, that the Mitzrites saw the woman, that she was very lovely. And Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. And he treated Abram well for her sake, and he had sheep and cattle and male donkeys and male and female servants and female donkeys and camels. But Jehovah plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not inform me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? And so I was going to take her from my wife. Look, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Chapter 13 And Abram went up from Mitzrayim unto the, into Negeb, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him. And Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the Geb as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to a place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of Jehovah. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. And the lamb was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And at that time the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Please, 
Let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not all the land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Yarden, that it was well watered everywhere. Before Jehovah destroyed Sodom and Amorah, like the garden of Jehovah, like the land of Mitzrim, as you go toward Tsar. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of Yarden, and Lot moved east, thus they separated from each other. Abram, dwelling in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelling in the cities in the plain, pitched his tent as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were evil, and sinned before Jehovah exceedingly so. And after Lot had separated from him, Jehovah said to Abram, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see shall I give to you and your seed forever. And I shall make your seed as dust of the earth, so that if a man couldn't if a man could count the dust of the earth, then your seed could also be counted. Arise, walk in the land, though its length and its width, for I give it to you. So Abram moved his tent, and he went and he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and he built an altar there to Yehovah. Chapter fourteen. And it came to be, in the days of Ramaphel, sovereign of Shinar, Aryok, sovereign of Elasar, Kedarlamor, sovereign of Elam, and Tadel, sovereign of Goyim, they fought against Bera, sovereign of Sodom, Bersha, sovereign of Amora, and Shinab, sovereign of Adamah, Shemabeber, sovereign of Sisboyim, and their sovereign of Bela, that is, Soar. All these joined together in the valley of Siddim, that is the salt sea. Twelve years they served Ketalilomer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. And in the fourteenth year, Ketalilomer and the sovereigns that were with him came and smote the Raphaim in Asheroth, Karyanim, and the Zuzim in Ham, and the Emites in Shawa Korathanim, and the Horites and their mountain of Seir as far as El Param, which is by the wilderness. And they turned back, and they came to Ian Misfat, that is Kadesh, and smote all the country of the Amalekites, also the Amorites who dwelt in Hasian Tamar. And the sovereign of Sodom, and the sovereign of Amorah, and the sovereign of Adamah, and the sovereign of Sesboim, and the sovereign of Bela, that is Sar, went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Siddim against Kodadalomer, sovereign of Elam, and Tadel, sovereign of Goyim, and Armphel, sovereign of Shinar, and Ayok, sovereign of Elasar, four sovereigns against five. And the valley of Siddim had many tar pits. And the sovereigns of Sodom and Amorah fled there and fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Amorah and all their food and went away. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, 
and his goods and left. And one who escaped came and informed Abram, the Ibri, that is to say the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite's brother of Eshkol, the brother of Anar, and they had a covenant with Abram. When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he and his servants divided against them by night and smote them and pursued them as far as Chabah, which is on the left of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. Please note, I want you to understand just how absurd this is and how amazing it is. You have all these kings, you have five against four kingdoms in a war. They've taken captive Lot and many, many other people and women and goods. And Abram finds out that his nephew is captured. So Abram, who apparently has his wealth and his, the people, the staff that he has is, is fairly large to the point where he's able to arm, how many did it say, 300? Uh, let's see, and he escaped from Abram in a covenant with Abram, and Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, and he armed his 318 trained servants, okay? These aren't just normal servants, these are 318 trained servants, and they go and they conquer these other kingdoms and take back what belongs to the rightful owners and takes Lot and all the goods back and all the women as well. This is incredible. But it also shows you that when the God, when our God the king of the universe, the one true God, Yehovah, has decided to show his favor to someone that nothing is impossible. With God, nothing truly is impossible because this is a circumstance that could that is just impossible. It also shows the faith of Abram because he's not even afraid about this. He knows that God will protect him and provide. It's heroic. It's amazing. I just don't think we take enough time to really th ponder on this event and how miraculous it is. And uh, I may be wrong, but I believe even this mysterious priest, Melchizedek, and we'll talk about Melchizedek just a little bit, I think uh, is even going to point this out if I remember correctly. So let's continue on. And he and his servants divided against them by night, and smote them and pursued them as far as Chabah, which is, in, which is on the left of Damascus. So he brought, all, he brought back all the goods, also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And after his return from the defeat of Kedadalomer, and the sovereigns who were with him, the sovereign of Sodom, came out to meet him in the valley of Shawa, that is, the Sovereign's Valley. And Melchizedek, Sovereign of Shalem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a Kohen, that is to say a priest of the Most High El. By the way, Shalem, 
at that time would have been what we call Jerusalem now. And we can go to the Psalms, and I don't have the verses saved right now, but you can research it yourself. You can go to the Psalms of David and see that Shalem is Jerusalem. So we have this mysterious priest, Melchizedek, who is a priest of the Most High El. He brings out basically a feast. That's what it means when it says he brings out bread and wine. Continuing on. And he barach, that is to say, blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High El, possessor of the Shemayim and earth, that is to say the heaven and earth. And Baruch be the Most High El who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tenth of all. So Melchizedek po uh, points out that God, the Most High El, is the one who delivered all these enemies into Abram's hand because he's, because he's blessed by God. And then Abram demonstrates a tithe as he gives a tenth of all he has to Melchizedek. And the sovereign of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and take the goods for yourself. Now, before we continue, that's kind of all this really says about Melchizedek in this. You can go to the book of Hebrews to learn more about Melchizedek. There's a lot of debates out there. Be careful not to create a pet doctrine around Melchizedek. What do I mean by pet doctrine? That's that thing that you hold close to you and you keep it like it's a little pet and you won't let anything near the little pet that might compromise your pet doctrine. In other words, be open-minded. Don't think that you know everything. The Bible says if a man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet that he ought to know. And Melchizedek is one of those things where people just know. They just know. The Bible is very clear that it's a mystery. Okay? There's many, many possibilities. Some think it's like a pre like a pre-incarnation of, of Messiah or you know, all kinds of different things. One uh, theory that you may not have heard is that Melchizedek is Shem, the son of Noah, because if you look at the if you go and you look at the genealogy and the length of time that Shem lived, he would have still been alive during the time of Abram. And he would have been one who had the knowledge of the one true God. And there wasn't many on the earth who had that knowledge of the one true God. So that's another thought that some people have and speculate. But at the end of the day, here's what we do know. He's a priest, and our Messiah is, an, is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Levi. So there you have it. There's a whole study to be done there. We just don't have time to do that this morning. All right, so now what we have going on in the story is the, the king of Sodom is wanting to bless Abram, but he says no because I don't want anyone to be able to say that you made Abram rich because it is Jehovah who has made me rich. So here we go. And the sovereign of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the sovereign of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to Jehovah the Most High El, the possessor of the Shemayim and earth, not to take a thread or a sandal strap or whatsoever is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Except only that the young men that have eaten and the portions of the men with, who, are with, who went with me and their Eshkol and Mamre, let them take their portion. 
Chapter 15, And after these events, the word of Yehovah came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward is exceedingly great. And Abram said, Adonai, Yehovah, what would you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, See, you have given me no seed. And see, one born in my house is my heir. And see, the word of Yehovah came to him, saying, This one is not your heir, but he who comes from your own body is your heir. And he brought him outside, and he said, Look now towards the Shemayim, that is to say the heavens, and count the stars if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So are your seed. And he believed in Yehovah, and he reckoned it to him for righteousness. Again, please note, how was Abraham righteous? Because he believed, he had faith, he believed what God said. Verse 7, and he said to him, I am Yehovah who brought you out from your Kashdim to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Adonai, Yehovah, whereby do I know that I possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took all these to him, and he cut them in the mill, and placed each half opposite of the other. But he did not cut the birds. And the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, and Abraham drove them away. Please note, this is, this is incredibly significant, and people miss this. Okay, first of all, what's happening is there's about to be a covenant made between God and Abram, and they're going through a custom ritual of covenant that would have been common in that day. That's what all this cutting of the animals are and putting them out. Here's the part I want you to check out. Verse 11, it's just really nonchalant. It just, you, you miss it. Abraham's doing all this. He's cutting up the carcasses. And it says in verse 11, And the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, and Abraham drove them away. You see, I think this is symbolic for what Satan tries to do. When, you've, when you're trying to get closer to God, or you, you're trying to preach the gospel to somebody, or there's an important moment happening between you and God, or you and another person, and when you're trying to lead them to God, and Satan is doing all he can to interrupt it. That's what this birds of prey coming down are. Why do I think that? Why do I think it's symbolic for that? Because Jesus uses the exact same symbolism when he's talking about uh, the parable of the seeds, the parable of the sower. Right? So if you go to Matthew chapter 13... He says, and he, when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came down and devoured them up. So Jesus is saying, you know, you're scattering seed when you're preaching the gospel, and you're sharing the good news. Some of it's going to fall on thorny ground, right, and the cares of this world choke it out. Some fall on really shallow ground and they take root real fast, but as soon as there's trouble, it withers away. And some fall on the wayside and the fowls come down and devour it up. Right? 
And then his, his disciples say, what do you mean by these things? He says, he says this. Uh, let me get to the part. Here, okay, he says, here's the parable of the sower. Here's, here's what it means. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one to catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Okay? That's his explanation of what, the, what he means by the fowls came and devoured the seed. Let me read that again. When one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not... So it's like I'm telling you the good news, right? But you're you're having trouble understanding it. What I'm trying to explain to you, when I talk about the cross, Jesus paying the penalty of your sins, and then He's buried, and then God raises Him from the dead. And if you believe that, you'll be saved. And Christ is coming again, and there's going to be this great eternal kingdom, and all those who have trusted in Him. Like when I'm telling you those things, you're having trouble understanding it, and the wicked one. He comes and he takes that up. He tries to steal what has been sown in your heart so that you do not come to the full knowledge and understanding of the truth. Abraham's trying to do this covenant with God and the evil one is trying to snatch away this, this and interrupt this ritual, right? I just think it's significant. I just think we don't pay enough attention to that. So there you go. I hope you've been blessed by that thought. And the bird, let's get back to the story. And the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. And it came to be when the sun was going down, and a deep sleep fell upon Abram, that sea of frightening and great darkness fell upon him. And he said to Abram, Know for certain that your seed are to be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Please note, so right here, God is warning Abraham, hey, there's going to be a captivity period, and he's warning them about their captivity in Egypt. Verse 14, But the nation whom they serve I'm going to judge, and afterward let them come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you would go to your fathers in peace. You are to be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the wickedness of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to be, when the sun went down and it was dark, that see a smoking oven and a burning torch passing between these pierces, passing between those pieces. On the same day, Jehovah made a covenant with Abram, saying, I have given this land to your seed from the river of Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, to the great river, the river Perath, with the with the Kenite and the Kizites and the Kadonomite and the Hittite and the Perizzites and the Raphaim and the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Girgashites and the Yebusites. Chapter 16. And Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no child. And she had a Mistrite female, that is, say, an Egypt, Egyptian female servant, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, See, Yehovah has kept me from bearing children. Please go in to my female servant. It might be that I am built up by her. 
And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai, and Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her female servant, the Mitzrite, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave you my female servant into your bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. Let Jehovah judge between you and me. And Abram said to Sarah, I see your female servant is in your hand. Do to her what is good in your eyes. And Sarai treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. And the messenger of Yehovah found her by the spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on her way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's female servant, where have you came from and where are you going? Please note, you have this female servant, and we know from all kinds of other stories and documents, and the Bible even says she was an Egyptian servant, that she was received from Egypt when Abram and Sarai left Egypt. Sarah is unable to conceive. God's made this promise to them. They're getting old. Time just continues to march on. They're starting to doubt. And so Sarah says, hey, marry my female servant, Hagar, right? It says that he married her. It wasn't, it wasn't just like a fling or something. He married her um, and impregnates her. When she gets pregnant, she starts to get a little high and mighty about it, and Sarai doesn't like it. And so, out of Sarai's jealousy and frustration and anger, she starts to be, she starts to treat this servant harshly. And Abraham doesn't want to get into it with his wife, apparently, because Sarai's laying into Abraham, almost blaming him for this as well. And he says, do what you think is right. Anyway, I wanted to point out that even though Hagar wasn't a Hebrew... God saw that she was mistreated and that it was being wronged and cared enough to appear to her. And so I just think that's just shows God's heart. And he said, verse 8, Hagar, Sarai's female servant, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of Sarai, my mistress. And the messenger of Yehovah said to her, Return to your mistress and humble yourself under her hand. And the messenger of Yehovah said to her, I am going to increase your seed greatly, too numerous to be counted. And the messenger of Yehovah said to her, See, you are conceiving and bearing a son, and you shall call his name Yishmael, because Yehovah has heard your affliction. And he is to be a wild man. His hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him and dwell over against all his brothers. And she called the name, she called the name of Yehovah who spoke to her. You are the El who sees. For she said, even here, I have seen after him who sees me. That is why the well was called Ba'ir Klahai Ro'oi. See, it is between Kadesh and Barad. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Yishmael. And Abram was eighty-six years old when Hagar bore Yishmael to Abram. Chapter 17. And it came to be when Abram was ninety-nine years old that Jehovah appeared to Abram and said to him, 
I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be perfect. By the way, that's kind of a terrifying phrase in my mind. Like, can you imagine God shows up to you and and, say, and and gives one of his names and tells you to walk before him and be perfect? Try to try to put yourself in the story. And it came and it came to be when Abram was ninety nine years old that Yehovah appeared to Abram and said to him, "I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be perfect." And I give my covenant between me and you, and you shall and shall greatly increase you. And then Abram has the correct response when God shows up to you and says, I am El Shaddai. And Abram fell on his face, and Elohim spoke with him, saying, As for me, look, my covenant is with you, and you shall become a father of many nations. And no longer is your name called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, because I shall make you the father of many nations." And I shall make you to bear fruit exceedingly and make nations of you and sovereigns shall come from you. And I shall establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be Elohim to you and to your seed after you. And I shall give to you and your seed after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan and an everlasting possession. And I shall be their Elohim. And Elohim said to Abram, For as for you, guard my covenant, you and your seed after you throughout your generations. This is my covenant which you guard between me and you, and your seed after you. Every male child among you is to be circumcised. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall become a sign of the covenant between me and you. And a son of eight days is circumcised by you, every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house, or bought with silver, or any foreigner who is, uh, is not of your seed. He who is born in your house, and he who is brought with, bought with your silver, has to be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And an uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin is life shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And Elohim said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, do not call her name Sarai, for Sarah is her name. And I shall barak, that is to say, bless her, and also give you a son by her. And I shall barak her, and she shall become nations. Sovereigns of people are to be from her. And Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Is a child born to a man who is a hundred years old? Or is Sarai, who is ninety years old, to bear a child? And Abram said to Elohim, Oh, let Yishmael live before you. And Elohim said, No, Sarah your wife is truly bearing a son to you, and you shall call his name Yitzhak, that is to say, Isaac. And I shall establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant when with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. See, I shall bless him and shall make him bear fruit and greatly increase him. He is to bring forth twelve princes, and I shall make him a great nation. But my covenant I establish with Yitzhak from Sarah is to bear to you at this appointed time next year. And when he had ended speaking with him, Elohim went from Abram. 
And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all those born in his house, and all those bought with silver, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of the foreskins that same day, as Elohim told him. And Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised that same day. And all the men of his house, born in the house or bought with silver from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. That, my friends, is the end of our Torah portion study for this week. I pray that you've been informed and blessed and all of those things. I, I hope that this work is continuing to speak to you and help you to grow in your faith and grow in your understanding of the word. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. This cannot happen without all of you. Thank you for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.